welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right. Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Now proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Check it all out over at FullTimeFantasy.com, at FullTimeFantasy on the tweeters. Rick, get yourself to FullTimeFantasy.com. We are now on the road to the Fantasy Football World Championships. Play you a free Best Ball World Championship, a $35 starter league, Best Ball, full season with waivers, super flex, you name it, it's there. FullTimeFantasy.com. And, of course, if you want to follow your boys at Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFootball at gmail.com, AsylumFantasySports.com. What else do you need? There it is. Boy, that cut out just right. New opener. I'm <laughs> well, excited I mean, about it. I'm tired just listening to that. I so, mean, we're it's everywhere. A, it's a lot of work. I'm grinding over here, pal. Grinding. We are everywhere. And, uh, yes, we are proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. We are Flieger and Briggs. This is the Asylum Sports Show. We're about, what, a week away from training camp, finally. finally hopefully something to talk Although training camp is really a bunch of nonsense speculation and talking about injuries, so that's no fun. I'd kind of well, like to just go into hibernation till Labor Day weekend, Frank. I don't mind training camp because you actually can – Get a little sense of some of the rookie performances and so forth and and things of that nature. But, yeah. It's second only to the draft, though, where it's the real jerk's time to shine. (laughs) You know what I mean? You can't discuss football most of July and half of August because of all the know-it-alls on the tweeters telling you you're an idiot for thinking Antonio Brown can still catch footballs and some third – tier running back from Boise State is the greatest thing since Barry Sanders. You know, all that nonsense will start again. But I won't let it get me down, Rick. No, you can't do that. I mean, hey, I tell you what, I'm excited because tomorrow starts the British Open. Ah, no, my friend. Yeah, Just the Open. Well, yeah. Only you ugly Americans call it the British <laughs> Open. Well, I it's am ugly open. and I'm an American, so Fair there enough. you go. There you got it. But Royal Portrush, I am excited to see this one. I I'm not familiar with Royal Portrush's oeuvre. I'm really not familiar with it other than a little research that I've done. Actually has not been there. The Open has not been there since 1951, Rick. I mean, that's a long time, man. It's been a little, been a little s- sketchy in Northern Ireland for the last 30 or 40 years. Well, that's true. I mean, that, that actually prevented them even considering it during, like, the 60s and 70s, especially because of the, you know, the strife that was going on over in that part of the world. But um, 1951 is won by Max Faulkner. And um, he won by two shots. Actually had a six-shot lead going into the fourth round. And uh, struggled a bit, but he held off and he won by two shots. I bet you don't know who uh, holds a course record at Royal Portrush, do you? I bet you're right, considering I didn't know Royal Portrush was a thing <laughs> until about last weekend. So. Rory McElroy shot yeah. a 61 when he was 16 years old. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, These kids I are just prodig- prod- prodigies. Yes, a prodigy. prodigy. But I tell you what, I, I'm excited. Old Tom Morris, of course, even – Geeks like you have heard of old Tom Morris and in the annals of golf. He designed it back like in 1888. I mean, it's an old golf course. And interesting fact, the, the Royal and Ancient had problems once the strife and everything. You know, people were pushing to try to get another open there. They actually brought, I think, an Irish open there in the, I 
Um, don't quote me, maybe like the 90s, something like that. But anyway, we're not familiar with it, but I did a little research. Apparently, the clubhouse butts right up to like the 18th green. And the RNA did not really feel that there's enough room at that place to hold a gallery for an open. So apparently what they did for this open, they're going to eliminate the 17th and 18th holes. They created a new seven and eight. And one is like a 590 yard par five. Which you normally don't find at the open. So that's interesting in and yeah, of itself. It is. You usually don't have those long holes like that. Yeah. So actually, yeah, they added two new holes, a new seven and a new eight. And that's basically all I know going into it, other than the fact I am excited. I've seen some pictures of this golf course, some stunning views. Looks like a nice old layout. See, this I mean, is better. The open's better for someone like you. Most of this will be wrapped up before I drag it out of bed on Sunday is my problem. Now, luckily, tomorrow it looks like Tiger, he must be in the last group, doesn't tee off till 10-10 Eastern time. So I can make that happen while I'm supposed to be working. But then I think he tees off at 5 in the morning the next day. I'll be lucky to see his last three holes. Well, that's true. But for an old goat like you who enjoys getting up at 3.30 in the morning, I this just, is perfect. It's it's. it's perfect timing it's no doubt but it actually is it's like my second favorite major to watch i just love how they grind it out on these links courses and so forth i struggle with this one here's why because i'm not really a golf fan right i'm a tiger fan who right. kind of got interested in golf i watch all the majors i'm one of those rubes i like the masters because of the visuals of it now mm-hmm. the the open's interesting link style golf is completely different the the course layouts, the hay fields they're in, the pot bunkers, all of that is cool to me, but it's not pretty. All the camera angles are 400 yards away. It's always gray. It's always gross. My 4K does me no good with these. So I struggle with it. I enjoy the golf, but it's not visually pleasing to a rube like me. I, un- I understand what you're saying. However, I enjoy the British Open. I mean, the Masters, I- I'm with you. It- it's... The tournament's usually classic. Right. The uh, the visuals, like you said, is just picture perfect, period. And there's no getting around that. But compared to the U.S. Open, when the USGA will oh. take a perfectly legitimate golf course. <laughs> right, turn it into a mini golf course. Yeah, and turn it into this ridiculous thick rough that a bulldozer couldn't get through to move a golf ball. Burnt fairways. Yeah, and yeah, then they'll greens. shave <laughs> shave the greens down and grow the rough up to your knees. And that I really do struggle with. Right. Now, to its credit, I will give the PGA credit. It was a nice yeah. nice layout and good time of year in May. Um, they didn't do anything ridiculous on the golf course, and, and it was a good tournament. But I'm and excited for the Pebble British. looked good this year. I think we gave them props back after the they U.S. Did. Open. They didn't destroy Pebble like they've destroyed every other U.S. Open course in the last 25. Yeah, years. way to against a wing foot again. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it looks like a parking lot is what it's going to look yeah. like. With trees, it'll be horrible. Exactly. But, but I, I tell you, I'm excited. I, I'm actually. Who's your favorite? Who should I be watching out for? In my mind, you watch out for Rory. Yeah, if he set the course record as a yeah. child, it's something. And if you're not looking at Kepka, you're an idiot. Yeah, apparently his caddy is from this town that this golf course is in. Like hmm. he needs another advantage. Come on. 
Yeah, really. And, I mean, the guy's a robot anyway. Well, that's so. true. And, I mean, other than that, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it could be an Irish guy. Yeah, that's true. Um, that has a lot of experience. But really, nobody's played this course, right? Some of the European guys, none yeah, of these I'm American sure, guys. I'm sure some of the Europeans have, like, in the Irish Open, and maybe yeah. a few Americans none are of these, playing that. Recently, but. No, I know. can't imagine, like, your Tigers, Lefty. I don't think Tiger makes Some of the these cut. guys. We've seen how bad he golfs. He, he's back in that mold back when he was rolling, back when he was Tiger Woods, where he's only going to play the majors and a few high-sponsor events. We saw, was that in the U.S. Open? No, we saw in the PGA when he takes all that time off in between. He's not, I don't think he makes the cut. So He might not. i got to make sure to get it in tomorrow because then I'm like, I'm going to be in bed the whole time he plays Thursday <laughs> right. and, or Friday, and I don't anticipate him being around on the weekend. So. But uh, it, it should be a good tournament. I'll be looking forward to talking about that a little bit next week, too. Maybe that's all we'll talk about. Could, we may. You just never know. It's a football thing. Yeah. You, right. you just never know, uh, considering the tournament we might have. Yeah. All right, let's. I guess we'll do a little NFL headline. We're going to just do a, a few of the big stories around the league. Going to do a Scott Fishbowl recap real quick. I ain't going to spend a lot of time on that. There's about 78 other podcasts doing them as we speak and probably doing a better job than we will, so we'll keep that brief. But not on our draft. Yes, and we are introducing – for the first time ever. Another the, game to sweep the nation. The Asylum Fantasy Sports As we Jeopardy know, game. I tell you, before, not to interrupt you, we created Fact or Fiction. We did. Swept the country. It did. Who, who took it? CBS. Yeah. They copied it from the Asylum. So now we come out with a new one to sweep the nation. People steal from us. They do. Oh, they, yeah. they didn't do it better. But, no. But the... We have good ideas. Horrible execution, but great ideas. Well, it's because of Alejandro. I do blame him. That's a loser. <laughs> it's, it's all his fault, yeah, period. What a putz. All right, I think the big news all week, Rick, I don't know how much it's even worth talking about at this point, but Melvin Gordon wants a new deal, going to hold out, either wants a new deal or wants a trade. You know, let the debate begin. Do running backs even matter? Which I think is a ridiculous discussion. But the discussion of, you know, what if you're an NFL team, what you do with running back contracts. But this is a big, big deal for the San Diego Chargers, even for you RBs don't matter crowd. This is a big deal to the San Diego Chargers for me. Oh, yeah. And the Los Angeles Chargers, too. Oh, yeah. That. Uh <laughs> But Would they move back already? I, re- I don't really, think I'm ever going to get used build to them this. a damn stadium. Yeah. All right, you know the L.A. Chargers just doesn't have that yeah. ring. I can't get used to it. But yeah, it's a huge deal, and you know I I don't know what to tell you. I mean we've seen we've seen this happen time and again. The Chris Johnson comes to mind, right? You know, holds out, and you know from a fantasy perspective, do you want him to drop to the next guy? And then of course. You end up taking him, and he's out with a hamstring. Or Le'Veon Bell never shows up. You know, this kind of thing. So That's what I'm curious about. I hate holdouts. And, of course, these guys, it doesn't matter to them. They're multimillionaires, so it really doesn't matter. I always always found that, and this isn't a debate on whether they should get paid. Because a running back position – is how should we say it's expendable it, it really is it i mean is. i mock the people because they go so far with it right but it's probably the most easily replaced position right. you can get pert near maybe not plum but you can get pert near pretty late in drafts every year right and, and 
that's the thing. And, and we're not talking about – look, Melvin Gordon's a great running back. He's not Barry Sanders. Right. All right? right? He, he's not Aaron he's not Dickerson. His, not Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think, which we'll get to here right. next. So, but it, it's still uh, – uh, anyway, getting back to my original point, I love where they come out with it. Well, I want a deal. You know, I, I've got a family support and everything. You just took a year off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're not dying. You no, know, you're not even man. married. You don't even have any kids. So, I mean, but – and I understand the ego part of it too. Absolutely, and that's probably eighty percent of it, really. Of course, it for is. these star players. Of course, anyhow. it is, and and it's and it's a control thing for the team owners. Right, you're not telling me what to do, and that's where all the controversy comes from. Instead of like talking, maybe in March, they wait till this crap starts yeah. up a week before training camp. Well, now I want don't have a deal. I'm not showing up. Yeah. yeah. Well, then why didn't you talk two months ago? I mean, what what you what are you paying that agent for? <laughs> and, and the teams on another thing. If you're so concerned about winning, right? Why are why don't you have executives working with an worth an agent trying to get some of these deals done? Right. I, I I just don't understand it. I know it's probably a lot more complex than you and I are ever well right think and it I, is. But still, if you're talking high profile players with high profile agents and top-notch execs with some of these top teams, why aren't they talking? Yeah, and it, maybe they are, and, and but then nothing goes by without getting reported anymore. No, I know, but, I mean, look, this isn't Robbie Gold. No. Okay, no. and, yeah, he doesn't have a deal. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll go have a tryout and maybe right. bring in another guy. There's two things I find interesting with this. Number one, outside of the obvious, it, it being Melvin Gordon and what that means for, for Eckler and Justin Jackson if he does hold out. but And we can talk about that if you want. Number one, I'll be curious to find out with Gordon and the potential of Ezekiel Elliott doing the same thing, who I think is in a stronger position with a owner more likely to make that payment. But, but anyhow – with with these types of players, running back specifically, what lesson or what precedent has been set or eliminated with Le'Veon Bell's situation? You know, with sitting out a significant amount of time, coming back, sitting out an entire year. You know, it's it'll be interesting following this year when we see what Le'Veon Bell does. Did he set a precedent? Did players now say? Look, Le'Veon Bell, maybe he didn't get the deal we all expected. Let's put that in the drawer for now. Le'Veon Bell fully took the power back by having the stones. And as a Steeler fan, I didn't like it, but you have to admit it took some stones to say, I ain't showing up. No. The answer's just no. Right. I'm not going to do it. So is the lesson, I'm going to be willing to do it. I'm going to have the intestinal fortitude to sit out a year, and then I will fully take the power back. Or is it this thing was such a mess, he ended up taking what amounted to, I think all the mathematicians said, what amounted to the same or less than what the Steelers were offering. He got out of Pittsburgh if that's what he ultimately wanted, but he didn't. it didn't really work financially the way he thought it would. What the lesson's going to be learned from a Melvin, what a Melvin Gordon does, what an Elliott does. I don't, we can't answer that now, right? But, I mean, I, okay. I can put Elliott in the same basket with Bell and Todd Gurley. Now, you have to be one of these guys. You know, Melvin Gordon's a really good yeah, running back. Yeah, but I don't back, think he's there. But yet. he's not one of those guys. And another thing, Zeke is basically the offense right. for Dallas. 
Gordon's not with, with the Chargers. And it's the glamour team and the glamour owner. He's not going to let Ezekiel Elliott sit out. Well, I guess he did it to Emmett Smith how many years ago? Maybe he will. Jerry's, Jerry's a tough nut to crack yeah. sometimes, but if it's – I don't know. He seems to be like if you're doing it respectfully and then right. you're talking, it's, it's kind of a thing. But if you say, Jerry, I've got the power, guess what? Yeah. You know, I mean, Jerry – Jerry's got all the money in the in his pockets, yeah, right? And, and from, you're not going to make him pull it out. And from what I know of Ezekiel Elliott, all he said is, "My deal's coming up in two years. Right. I want to start talking about another one now. Why not? No threats, no exactly. And so it's different. Th- it could rapidly change. It, it could be changing could. as we speak. We don't have a TV on in the studio." But I think that's the difference there. So that's a good point. Number one, Melvin Gordon isn't Le'Veon Bell. He isn't Ezekiel. He's that next tier. I don't expect him to sit out for the year. What my fear is from a fantasy football's perspective, to spin it back to that, but we talk about this all the time. This is I feel like this is all we talk about in training camp, and we're the only people who really talk about it. He's going to sit out a significant portion of training camp. He might be one of those guys that comes back to work on Monday of the first game week, what's going to happen in the first two weeks, Rick? Right. He's going to pull a hammy. He's going to pull a groin. It's going to be a bad year for him. Bottom line, he's going to miss some time. He's going to – preseason, and as this much is, as we want rid of it, it is important to these guys, especially this, running backs. And this isn't a guy that hasn't had some injuries right. over the years. I mean, um, I'd have to pull Melvin Gordon up, but I dare say he's played 16 games once. Um, yeah, I, I can't speak. Yeah, to that. It doesn't I'm, feel like he's done it too often. No, exactly. So now the number two point I find interesting here. If I'm D. Smith, the, you know, the the runs the players union, the NFLPA, they're starting. I believe is it this week or next week? They're starting their negotiations with the NFL on the next CBA. Now he's got plenty on his plate, you know, in terms of oh, sure. safety and. But I think something that has to be on the table here is a change to the structure of the rookie cap and the rookie deal. I don't know if it's a sliding scale based on position, but here's the bottom line. Running backs, if I'm the Players Association, running backs should almost only have a two-year rookie deal because here's what's happening, right? You're on that, what is it, four- or five-year rookie right. deal. Now, for, for running back purposes, you've gotten to the point where it's time to earn the big money but by the time that deal would end, twenty-six. Gonna, it's too late. It's they're not going to invest big money. And if they money. pick up the fifth-year option, you're twenty-seven years right. old. They're trying not gonna, to look for a deal. Yeah, and you're now you have earned based on what you've done in the past. You've earned the big deal, the one, the one that gives you generational wealth. But at that position, again, taking all the snark out of it, whether or not it's important or right. repl- disposable or whatever it is. A 27-year-old running back isn't going to get a five-year back-loaded deal, front-loaded deal for $25, $30 million a year. It's not going to happen. You've already exceeded your shelf life other than the rare, rare, rare exceptions. If I'm the players' union, one of the first things I want is you could do it for everybody or do it a sliding scale. But two years for running backs, after two years that rookie deal expires because that's when your players, when your running backs have some leverage, are at the peak of their career. Obviously, with any position, it can end right now, but we know the story with a running back when they turn 30, right? Right. Anymore, we know the story of most running backs when they turn 25. They have to have a chance to get that big money sooner. So amongst- I agree, and, and I think that it would be – see, that's another thing – I. 
I agree 100% with you. Number one, I think it's ludicrous to give a running back a five-year rookie deal, you know, saying that they, them and quarterbacks are the same. Right, exactly. It's totally, totally ridiculous. Number two, I think that would be a very – I'd love to be a fly in the wall with that conversation – Hearing wide receivers or tight ends well, say, "What right. are you talking about? You know, why do they only have a you know?" Well, I think if you're the players union, you try to do it for everybody, right? But you try. Well, well, obviously, but you I think try. you negotiate sure. to some type, whatever it is. Somehow, running backs have to get a shorter initial deal, or they're never going to get that big payday that the other positions can. And get. I tell you what, while we're on the subject of deals and negotiations and everything, they somewhere along the line really need to nix this. 18-game schedule, but they can only play 16 games. That was the next story on my list. I couldn't wait to hear what Rick Briggs. That's ludicrous. All it is, yeah, we know that they want to make money, the NFL, and more power to them. But this is to the point of totally ridiculousness in my mind. Let's stretch the season, but Rick, don't worry – You'll get another two games off. So where I, I this boggles my mind. All right, so let's let's take this in. So in, so in other words, we're going to play whoever. I'm not I'm just going to pick a team. I want to pick on them, but we're going to play the pitiful Arizona Cardinals this right. week. So you're going to have you're going to sit, Rick. We don't need you to to beat these clouds. True. Right. And. Then okay, then what happens? See that that's another question. Okay, say you're the starting running back for X team, and okay, you're going to take this day off. Well, it just so happens Bob Schmo twists his knee, who was starting, and of course you know the other guy had had a twisted toe or something. Now we don't have a running back. Well, you're going to have to expand the rosters if you, even if you add games, let alone do this weird thing. Oh, so now we're now we're going to bring in less talent, even right. more less talent, more bad talent. Yeah. Right, it'd be like Major League Baseball pitching is what it becomes. Right. Oh man, I had a discussion on Major League Baseball pitching today. Don't even get me started. You were started. always on Twitter ranting about nobody yeah, no, throwing wasn't on Twitter. Games. Oh, was... you had it in person. Oh yeah, people still do that. Huh? Interesting. Well, I do. I'm an old guy. I like to talk. Was it another old guy? Because you can't yell at a millennial about it. No, he anything. was younger than you, actually. Really? Yeah. Huh. Must have grew up on a farm or something. Well, yeah. I mean, he's... Either yeah. that or he turns you into HR, and you don't know it yet, one or the other. Well, he had real parents. He so. was bullying me. <laughs> All right. So, let's take this in small bites, Rick. I think this is a good conversation to have. Are you Rick Briggs taking everything else? You you don't you're not D Smith. You don't got to worry about the players' association safety issues. You're not an owner and money issues. Just as Rick Briggs in general, you in favor of the 18 game schedule? No, knowing nothing else. No. So you don't want two more weeks of football? Not this way. No. No, I'm not talking about this way. In a vacuum, Rick. Here's all you know. All right, I, I have that mind flash thing they had on Men in Black. Remember that? And they oh, zap yeah. your memory. Yeah. I do that, and I just say, Rick Briggs, fantasy football fanatic, expert, old geezer. I am proposing, with a push of this button, I could turn the NFL season into two preseason games, 18 regular season games. Do you sign off on that? You know nothing else. 
See, that's kind of like the old. Um, that's kind. <laughs> that's kind of like the thing, you know. You get a free trip to Hawaii. Do you want it? <laughs> well, yeah. The but fine, then they sit your ass in a room. The fine prints coming. <laughs> the fine prints coming. But yeah. do you want the cruise or not? Let's start there. <laughs> right. Because you're certainly not going to sit through it if you don't want a cruise to Alaska. Right. 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 Well, I mean, knowing you know, knowing what I know, there's really I, I can't honestly say it. If, if somebody just walked up and says, "Would you want it to expand?" Hell, I'd take it 52 weeks out of the year. Right. Okay. I mean, yeah. you know, let's face it, but it's impossible. Yeah. I honestly think intellectually, knowing nothing else, to your point, ideally, yes, it would be on every Sunday. But we'd all if, be single. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, would that be great? Oh, gee, I'm just down in the basement, 400 pounds, my hands down the front of my pants, barbecue sauce on my bare chest. That is the dream right there, pal. I'll tell you what. Anyhow, where, where are we going? I'm off in dream. Barbecue right sauce. Yeah, <laughs> barbecue sauce in my chest hair. That's yeah. right. <clears throat> that being said, just as a football fan, you know, when I make the baseball analogy, and kind of loosely it's this way, even take the 16-18 thing out of it, going to an 18-game schedule is going to require an expansion of rosters. It's going to require football to be played, real football to be played in mid-August. Remember, was it last year you and I went to the same preseason game, the same Steelers yeah. preseason game in mid-August? Yep. And it was roughly 98 degrees outside and roughly 714 <laughs> degrees in my seat. There is nothing worse than an NFL stadium when it's above 72 degrees outside. Until it's below 25. Or, right. Or you put it at the end, <laughs> yeah. and now we're playing games outside in freaking minnesota in pittsburgh in mid-february where right. it literally last year in february we had an entire week where we tipped the thermometer at minus 14 so i don't want it so i honestly i don't think i'd want it you're gonna have to expand the rosters and to your point it's more players good for the nflpa bad for the product more bad players we're already the the drop-off's pretty significant right. halfway through the roster I don't think I want the eight. Now, do I want two that matter versus two preseason games? Sure. You know, I guess so. But intellectually, I don't I need agree. It. Now, I mean, you can look at baseball as a great example. They didn't even extend the season. It's still 162 games. But they play it from the end of March or very first yeah. of April. Till Thanksgiving. Yeah. And until I don't even know when the season's over, not till October. Late I don't October think October and the World Series is tipping into November now. Yeah. And in Chicago and Boston, I, baseball in November. That's genius. Yeah, guys. that yeah, Come that's on. great. So yeah, and wait wait till the Tigers get there. You know, or the twins for God's sake. Well, they're probably in a dome, but anyway. I don't think they are. I think twins well, maybe are outside not. I don't know. Now. But you know, the they don't have I mean there was that was a great thing when i was a kid let's go to the old forbes field and three rivers you know double header yeah, oh, yeah. you know on, on a sunday or whatever you know saturday or something they don't have double headers anymore this is a makeup game yeah, only desperate situations where there's a rain makeup they can't fit anywhere yeah. else in the schedule yeah they can't go to december <laughs> no yeah, it, yeah they will if you'd let them it seems like so here's the thing the sixth play 16 and 18 theoretically realistically it's ridiculous now i got to admit there is a small part of me who thinks it would be absolutely fascinating though 
I mean, logistically, it's not even feasible. You know, when do you announce it? Because the, you know, the NFL likes to pretend they don't factor it in. Betting runs everything. So you had to announce it in enough time. What do you do with single-game ticket purchasers? You know, I've saved my money all year because it costs $250 to walk into an NFL stadium now. Yeah. I save my money all year to go to Heinz Field, and I find out on the drive down, this is the week Ben Roethlisberger sits down, and i got to watch Mason Rudolph. You know, so you have – so what's – And fed? that goes right back to your betting. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, who's off when? We need to know this stuff. Yeah. Now, that said, there is something fascinating about what that would look like. It's kind of – and you kind of see it going this way subtly, slowly, quietly. And Now, this is never going to happen, but this being floated. Fantasy sports has become so prevalent in the sporting world. It's probably actually the number one reason most folks are interested. I keep reading stories how it is. there's no team loyalty anymore, especially the the millennial generation, whatever they call these younger ones. They're into individual players. They're into fantasy sports. They're into, you know, 14-second condensed games on InstaFace or whatever. You know, they're not sitting down and watching a game rooting for one, rooting for laundry like we grew up doing. Right. Right? You, you know, you root for a team. It didn't matter who was in the uniform. Ultimately, you were rooting for laundry. Yeah. That day's over. And so you're seeing the leagues subtly and quietly, almost a fan, how would you say it, fantasification? Is that a word? Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> of major sports, even the player movement in the NBA and the guys moving and putting the pieces together and what this would look like. You know, when you got your fantasy football team working around them bye weeks, planning what that's going to look like, right. planning where you can move this guy and where you plug this guy in. I don't want to see it happen because it turns it into a joke. But, man, would it be interesting. It really would be. Oh, it'd be. It would make these shows a lot more interesting as you factor that in. in but, talk, oh, talk, talk about a uh, a nice you know Sunday morning inside oh, slant that absolutely. we used to do with Scott Fish for, for three or four years. I mean, some of the lineup questions you would get, you know, being, you know, Melvin Gordon's out this week. Do I start Austin Eckler or do I go with whoever, you right. know, whatever. James Conner, you know, just some – you don't have the usual just injuries and bye weeks, but then the individual right. player bye weeks. I'd almost like to see this. You almost wish there was like a NFL triple A where they would implement this for a year and just to see it in the chess pieces and what somebody like Bill Belichick could do with it. You know what I mean? And the different strategies. Would somebody just treat game one and two like another preseason game and get all that all out of the way or or do you roll the dice for the first 14 assuming somebody's going to get hurt and miss a game or two well that's the thing i mean let it roll to the if you tried to do it right off the bat then what if a guy gets hurt right well this guy's already played two games he's going to have to take a couple games off you know the second string guy that'd be a real chess match it's fascinating again it can't happen it's ridiculous (laughs) but just and i i think this is just the league throwing out any wild crap they can to get a discussion going on the 18-game schedule. I heard D. Smith interviewed on a radio show earlier this week, and essentially he said, this is kind of what he said, right? They're throwing this stuff out there. They're leaking it to the media. Because technically, you've never heard anybody from the NFL say this, right? right? They leak this stuff to the media so they can get this conversation to the table because right now, D. Smith, he doesn't want to hear it. 
it's not not a discussion. It's not a matter of negotiation. Right. Don't even bring it up. So they're trying to get fan interest, trying to get fan pressure. That you know, essentially what he said. I've heard everything from seven hundred million to four billion. What those two games would mean, depending on what outlet you're reading. So it's big money. But essentially, the players' association saying. We don't want it. We don't need it. You know, they get 50% of that. It's not worth it. The additional risk and, right. and all of this and the practices and everything, it, it's a non-starter completely. So so it's stupid. I want to mock it, but at the same time, when it, quietly, when I'm reading the tweeters on the toilet where I do most of my thinking, I'm thinking, man, would that be fun to see what – Bill Belichick would do with it and see how badly a guy like Mike Tomlin would botch it. <laughs> it would just, yeah. it, it would be fun to watch. It would be. There's no doubt about that. It, it's, but like you said, I don't think it can happen. No, no. Nor, nor should it, frankly. No, it really shouldn't. All right. What do you want to talk about? Scott Fishbowl? I think that's a good thing. Uh, yours drafts wrapped up. I still, it's kind of interesting. You and I, Totally different divisions in in the Scott Fishbowl, different conferences, I think, as well. But we both drafted number one. Yeah, what are the odds? And I will bet you that our drafts, I haven't seen yours, you haven't seen mine, are probably way, not even close. As much as we tend to, yeah, I agree, you know, we'll talk about certain players, this, that, and the other. I can guarantee you we're probably not even close. Nah, well, I I – We'll get into it. I made a bit of an error, an error in judgment. <laughs> if you could have asked me, where is the one spot in this you want to be nowhere near, it would have been number one overall. When you're drafting with people of this level, with oddball scoring, the way runs come and go, boy, making that first pick and then sitting around as 23 picks get made after every pick, it is interminable. It is awful. It's really tough to come up with a plan. I picked never – this is the second time I've been first overall. There's also a year I was 12th overall. So I seem to keep getting in this position in this league. So And it really is tough. One time I'd like to go from the middle and sort of kind of be able to <laughs> dictate what direction I want my team going. Which leads me into, I think, did you take Barkley first overall? Of as course well? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's not much to talk about. And then I waited two and a half days before it became my turn to pick again. And I have been burnt so many times. This is a super flex. Now, in our turns, obviously, you know, there's probably our people out there maybe not know what. Oh, yeah. I guess it is a snake it. draft, so we would make two picks in a row, you right. know, 2 12 and 3 1. Historically, going back to the very first year when I didn't read the scoring settings and didn't realize it was a super flex, <laughs> I think it was like the FF Oasis Bowl or something way back then yeah. before it became what it what Scott's amazingly turned it into now. Didn't realize it was a super flex and was wondering why all these quarterbacks were going so early and thinking I was a genius and realizing <laughs> in round nine that oh wait a minute this is a two QB league. So going back to that, but every time forward, always picking from one end or the other, I get burned on quarterbacks. I wait too long. The run comes. I'm left out in the cold. Now I'm either reaching or waiting again and getting my quarterback situations getting worse. And I said, Rick, that's what I call myself at home is Rick. I said, Rick, not this year, pal. So it come back down to me. Only Pat Mahomes had gone. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not getting burned again. Pat Mahomes went two or three picks ago. I'm going back-to-back quarterbacks here. I'm going to have that position shored up, number one. Actually, I take that back. Andrew Luck went as well. 
So two quarterbacks were off the board when it got down to me at the very end of the second round in the top of the third. I'm taking two back-to-back, and I am so smart, I am going to start a quarterback panic. There's going to be a big run, and then talent is going to fall back to me at the very end of the third round and beginning of the fourth, and you can go ahead and hand me the trophy now, Scott. So I took the Sean Watson, Aaron Rodgers, cracked open a beer, patted myself on the back, and watched as exactly zero quarterbacks went (laughs) in the next two rounds, and my draft was over. It was, for whatever reason, and I was looking around the other leagues, this was ubiquitous around the Scott Fishbowl, where in years past, I think the introduction of the tight end premium in the last two years has skewed this a little bit, but even last year, quarterbacks were going earlier this year it was like all 919 others of you had a meeting and said all right we're not doing it this year we're going to draft quarterbacks at their true adp don't tell flieger because nobody else went everybody drafted as normal i didn't start to run i gave up Don. i got two great quarterbacks which is still a good thing in a super flex league but uh big mistake on my part well, it's a miscalculation. Right. Let's put it that way. You know, similarly, that's a hard word to say. For you, apparently. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Simmer- similarly. That's what I said. That's not nowhere near what you <laughs> That's what you said after 14 beers, apparently. <laughs> I'm fine, Ossifer. Yeah. Anyway, you know, coincidentally. There you go. In our um, division – the same two quarterbacks were gone when it got to me to pick. So I sat back and I said, Rick, that's what I call myself, too. What a quinky dick. Yeah. And I said, you know, got a really nice start you know, with Saquon Barkley. Boy, it would be nice to have a little uh, nice solidified you know, running back stable. What I should have done. <laughs> so I look here and I said, huh, Todd Gurley's there. This is the end of the second round. Yeah, so now you're getting some value. Risk, but value. So I take Todd Gurley. Reasonable. And lo and behold, people are avoiding him like the plague. I took Antonio Brown at 3-1. What? His ADP is plummeting. Can anyone explain that to him? To me? No faith in David Carr and the car? Raiders. I, I, I'm, that's the only thing I can – that's the only thing that I can get. I think it's Derek. I said from Carr. You said David Carr. Did That's I? his significantly. Well, I know who it brother. is. I could have swore. I don't. I didn't even know I said David. I just thought I said Carl. <laughs> so really, you're just so. throwing in random first names now. <laughs> well, San Diego Chargers. I mean, it's just one of those things. Well, I'm stupid. A little you slim try to claim in the tongue. Smart. I, why would I claim? A, how can I claim I'm smart? Well, you claim you're smarter than me. I sit here. I sit here every week. Look at you and talk <laughs> to you every week voluntarily. You, you do the same voluntarily. <laughs> How can either one of us lay claim to any sort of intelligence? Fair enough. All you right. got me on that one. <laughs> I, I see to you, sir. Okay. Carry on. So, okay, so you went quarterback, quarterback. So now we go back and we're at 4-12 and 5-1. Well, I figure, Rick, you probably might want to get a quarterback now. About that time. And I don't know who had all gone, but quite a few of you know, the Watsons and um, – Watson and Rodgers are who I took there. Yeah, I don't think I ever said that. That's who I wound up Yeah, taking. she did. Okay, good. Yeah, Watson went – not a ton. Russell Wilson went. Rodgers was gone. And 
So old Rick grabbed Drew Brees. I still have faith in the old man. People hey, avoiding him like the play. They are avoiding him. He's 5,000 yards. I, so I took Drew Brees. And then with the tight end premium, a lot of the tight ends were gone. The, the big three were long gone. So uh, I packed in Hunter Henry early at uh, 5-1. Oh, you want me to go on? Well, I'm not going to read through my whole draft. Well, so. the first – Eight picks isn't all that bad. It's pretty significant players. All right. Well, I can do that then. Hold on one second as I push this button. Okay. So, so here – well, that isn't right. I didn't think I, – I had a whole other thing planned. So, I took Quadri Olison in the 12th – in the last pick, if that matters to you. That's uh, your division's Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> I, I liked it. I was excited about it. Oh, hold on. Why would this thing just crash on me? Here we go. All right, so I came back down. I, like an idiot, took my two quarterbacks, thinking I was going to start a run, and nobody else took a quarterback. So now I'm thinking, well, I got Saquon Barkley. The running backs were getting pretty thin already. I'm going to wait and try to catch some value later. So I better tight ends anybody worth the bullet to shoot him was already gone to include Hunter Henry at that point. He was kind of the end of that tier, right? you know, for me. So I'll go ahead and get my wide receivers. Two guys I'm really high on, higher on than probably a lot of other people, in Kenny Galladay and Brandon Cooks. So that's where I ended up at 4-5. Then I'm coming back down. I was actually excited about that. This is what worked for me versus what didn't work for me on the quarterbacks. Now I know I'm sitting there the whole time. I know I got to get some running back depth now coming back because it's really getting deep. And both Philip Lindsay and Tarek Cohen fall to me end of the sixth, beginning of the seventh, which I'm surprised at Lindsay's ADP after what he did last year. Really, really, I wasn't the only dude who got him as what I consider a value in the seventh round. And I see so much. I, I, I saw some very significant names arguing back and forth on Twitter, saying that, you know, this is Freeman's gig in Denver this year. I said that last year, and we saw and, how that worked out. And But, I mean, that was the whole – I mean, the whole banter, well, I know, and another one says, well, you know, I know too, and this was just preseason or, you know, mini camp stuff because right. Lindsey didn't take any reps with the start starters and blah, 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 and – I'm with you. I like Lindsey. I think he's uh, – and I think it's a great one-two punch. Right. And I think it could – and it was last year. And I think what I hope – now, in the seventh round of a draft like this, in the situation I was in, I, I don't regret that pick at all. But what I do hope in general, because I have a feeling I'm going to end up with a lot of Lindsey shares if this ADP continues, yeah. this isn't an overcorrection on my part because, Rick, you'll remember, and if there's anybody else who's been listening to this show for a while – I was riding the Royce Freeman bandwagon like a horse last year. I was all yep. over, and somebody'd say Philip Lindsay, and I, "You're an idiot, Philip. Who? Get out of right. here with that junk!" And three games in, I guess I was wrong on that one. Yeah. So maybe there's an overcorrection on my part. But what I saw last year, how he what doesn't. What round did you get him in? First pick of the seventh round. Okay. For in our division, he went at six nine. Yeah, so it's so real I'm close. Yeah. That's, that's about where his ADP is. I was just surprised by it. I, I yeah. really was. And Tarek Cohen's a guy I, I just love. I, I, I do. He's not going to put up you know big rushing numbers. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He has a chance to make big plays. You know, this league scoring now has you know right. point bonuses for 
explosive plays or explosive games. He will have those. I am perfectly happy to plug this guy into every, no matter what the format, every flex spot I have. I don't care if it's a standard format. He's going to touch the ball enough. He's going to have significant impact. Now, I'm so. going to surprise you a little bit as I go through my 6-12. I picked up Calvin Ridley, you know, for a wide receiver. And the quarterbacks were falling off, so at 7-1, I took Kirk Cousins. I, I still like that Minnesota offense in his second year. I think you're, I think it's going to be a very potent offense. 8-12, I, I figured I better solidify uh, my running backs. I went Jordan Howard out of Philadelphia. 9-1, Tarek Cohen. Oh, wow, he fell that. I wonder if he'd have fallen that far for me. Maybe I, I reached for him at 6-12. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just thought that was stinky value in 9-1. Oh, oh, my so. God. I couldn't have hit that button fast enough. I'd have put my finger through the computer trying to make that pick. You know, then, it, you know, I think kind of the last value I came up with was, you know, Will Fuller at 8-12. And then I was stunned. Here we are, what I vowed I wouldn't do with the quarterbacks and ended up screwing myself. I did with the tight ends in a tight end premium league. Notice I haven't mentioned a tight end yet. Yeah, Austin Hooper falls to 9-1. and one in a tight end premium league. Now, that's a good ADP in a normal league, I think, for Austin Hooper, if half the hype coming out of Atlanta is true. Yeah, right. But but at 9-1, I, well, I yeah, I mean, yeah, up. no, but no doubt. And then I don't know what I was saying. I was a little drunk. I was on vacation. I took uh, your boy Shady McCoy at 10-12. Now, if you told me last year I could have had him basically in the 11th round, he'll, he'll give me three or four decent games if I need him. And then being tight end starved, it's only going to be for seven or eight games. But Jordan Reed in the eleventh, you know, and that's kind of kind of where my tight end. That's your end. boy. I can't get away from him. I can't avoid him. I can't hide from him. No, no, and we won't go through anymore. I ended up with four tight ends. Um, I've got Hunter Henry. Like I said, I picked up my boy Greg Olson way down. I don't know what round it was, but they were avoiding him and probably well deserved. But if he's healthy. Man, I tell you what, that's killer That's killer value. So let me ask you this, Rick. Yeah. Here's how I kind of wrote mine out. What was your biggest mistake or your biggest regret or your biggest <sighs> reach or, or whatever, the one thing you feel a little logy about? Or maybe you don't have one. Mine um, was real obvious. I think maybe I could have um, let Jordan Howard go, pick up T Tariq Cohen, and then maybe another wide receiver mm. instead of Howard. Um you know, I'm still, you know, no matter how much the game changes, I'm still that old school. I want them running backs. Right, and, and, right. And sometimes it's hard. But, you know, right now my stable running backs, as you can tell, I could probably could have let Howard go. I've got Barkley. I've got Cohen. I've got Gurley. I've got Duke Johnson, which he's going to play no matter where he's at. And... I've got Howard, of course, and I picked up Alfred Blue right way late, and Frank Gore way late, like right. in the twenty-first round. So, I mean, I've got plenty of running backs. Yeah, Frank Gore got sniped me in the whatever the next to the last round was right before me. I was ready to take him to back up Shady. So, late round pick, couple of late round picks that if you're going to win this thing, which you're not, nor am I, but if you were going to win this thing, somebody will. So, who are better who are not? Better me than anybody else. Who are the picks at the end that are going to put you over the top? I'm telling you, if he stays healthy, Greg Olson can make a huge difference. Could be. You know, with Henry and him as starters. Um, I mean, you just look at – in 2011 through 2016, Greg Olson 
Yeah, he came to Carolina the same time they drafted um, Cam Newton. And in the time before this foot thing, Olsen accounted for 25% of Newton's, basically Newton's passing um, totals. 25% of his um, completions, 25% of his yardage, and 25% of his touchdowns. So we all know how those two are, are go together. So, I mean, I think that's one. And I'll tell you another guy that I think could probably put me over the top, um, especially where I got him, to team him up with Antonio Brown, Calvin Ridley. Um, I really like uh, Geronimo Allison in Green Bay. Somebody in Green Bay going to catch the ball. I, well, I think Rogers he's going to be number there. two. I, I think he starts edging out Scantling as, as the year goes on. And all the hype coming out of Green Bay, it's going to be a potent offense, blah, 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 even though Rodgers and LeFleur don't really see <laughs> eye to eye. LeFleur. Yeah, I think mine are kind of similarly. Number one, I think that tight end tandem of Hooper and Reed are complete boomer bust. You know, maybe this is the time Reed plays 12 games in a year, along with, again, if 60% of the Austin Hooper hype's real for as late as I drafted them, that that could be a discriminator. Again, that, those are some big wishes. And then one thing I was, you know, Dante Moncrief at 13-1. Yeah. Devontae Parker. Maybe this is the year. I've got Devontae Parker. At 15-0-1. You know, it's always that yep. guy I get on the air for three weeks and mock everybody for talking about that I wind up with. But in the 15th round of this time, if one or two of these back-end receivers hit, you know, I got Emmanuel Sanders, I think, in the 13th round. I, I kind of, by waiting, by taking that quarterback and then having to get running backs, it pushed my receivers down. If one or two of these back-end receivers, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is getting pretty long in the tooth and he's lost a step, but he's still, I think, Looked pretty good guy. Uh, just last week. Right, yeah. You, so you look at that and then, you know, all the hype with Moncrief and all the hype with Parker. If one of those guys pans out, I don't hate that situation. I think for the rare occasion I'm going to have some lineup decisions to make week in and week out with this other than my normal barely having 11 guys that anybody's ever right. heard of to put out there. And I've got a couple gambles on my roster. I took Alfred Blue late with the injury um, propensity that Fournette has. He's only going to play in 10 games. You know it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I like that pick, really. I mean, not that I'm going to expect a lot out of him unless something happens to Fournette. And I picked up Cameron Brait late. O.J. Howard, something goes down with him. Brait's already had Even success. Even if he doesn't, Brait's going to get his. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 he's, he's going to be playing. So In a tight end premium, you, you can get away with putting him in there. So Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. This, this tournament, this draft is always fun. The season is brutal. Oh. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'll tell yeah, you good what. Good luck having to go to the waiver wire in that joint. Whew. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago, I was in with, I don't know, my division, it was like Mike Clay – um, uh, Taz wasn't in it. It might have been uh, Jake Seeley. You know, I mean, it was it was stacked. I mean, you know, and Rick I'm, Briggs. Rick Briggs was in there. I mean, I made the playoffs, but I tell you what, it's tough to win the playoffs. Yeah. You got to have that is the key. If you can get to the playoffs, but it's it's the late season hot streak, right? Oh, it gets gets, it gets whoever had the girlies. What was it? A couple years ago. Two years ago, ago Mahomes last year. Right. There's exactly. that one guy who who's going to lead to it. Exactly. I, I, I hope you have him. 
All right, Rick, is it time? I'm excited to roll this out. We've never done this before. <laughs> it's time for the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show, Fantasy Jeopardy. <laughs> what a great song. Well, where's Alex at? Hey, where's Johnny Olson or whoever it is that announces the beginning? Well, I didn't want to go too far. You, you got the music. <laughs> Say thank you. Okay, thanks. Come on, Alex. Where are you? Sorry. <laughs> there, that's my Alex Trebek. That didn't sound like Alex Trebek at all. <laughs> he says that a lot, though. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. It was a... It was a lot more editing than I anticipated. I planned on having a couple of Alex Trebek liners, but they're not out there. You got to like watch the whole show and cut it. It turned into a whole thing. So I just gave you the theme and you're going to like it. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Our format for the Asylum Jeopardy game. Well, as always, we have two formats is because this. one Rick did a lot of work and the other one scratched some stuff down while he was in the bathroom. <laughs> I'll let you guess who did what. Yeah. We all know the one with the brown stains. I know who the. <laughs> I have one category it's questions to rick briggs from rick flieger see i actually have categories to choose questions from which is what jeopardy is about (laughs) and i gave you the answer and you have to give me the 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 solution in the form of a question Uh, that i can do whether or not it's right or not that's where the debate comes in Mm because it's really not a right answer it's going to be your opinion my opinion we discuss it it comes from me it's right we can uh assume that (laughs) yeah yeah i saw how it came up on your thing anyway (laughs) your categories mr fligger all right i better write these down are and you'll have to give me the amount too when you there's a amount boy you did a lot of work (laughs) risky business i like it we're better we are better. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And too much praise. Okay. I too wish you had categories because it would be fun to choose from categories. Well, I have a category. I'd like to be, you know, a real Jeopardy contestant instead of just. Well, you get to be Alex Trebek. That's oh. good. Isn't it? Well, not right at the moment. It's not that no. good. But historically, it was pretty good. All right, Rick. Huh. I will take risky business for 100 Risky right? business for a hundred. This could be the riskiest running back draft pick considering his ADP in 2019. I think this one's easy, Alex. Who is Todd Gurley? I don't care where his ADP is. I, I just there's no answers yet. Still, this popped up in the playoffs last year. You, Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but I believe that was in January of last year where all of a sudden he couldn't play football anymore. He was hanging out on an exercise bike and standing on the sidelines in a 0-0 tie in the Super Bowl with this fantastic offense while C.J. Anderson is tearing up the league the end of the year. His ADP still way too high. It's still dropping, and I don't care if it unless it gets to the double-digit rounds, I think he is the riskiest play in fantasy football this year. Okay. I'll tell you what kind of crossed Alex's mind. Todd Gurley was one, obviously. Nick Chubb. Where his ADP is... And it's going up. It's going up. Everybody... I mean, everybody's on the Cleveland Brown bandwagon. Look, I'm not saying Chubb doesn't deserve it, but when you got Kareem Hunt sitting in the background... 
and Duke Johnson still hasn't gone anywhere. Duke Johnson's pretty insignificant. Kareem Hunt scares me. Right. And you get a fresh Kareem Hunt. Exactly. Halfway through the halfway season. Halfway through the year. And Nick Chubb's maybe a little banged up. Bingo. I mean, this could be a guy that launches you right off the bat. Yeah, I, I pray that you handcuff yeah. him and Hunt early is basically what you would I have to do. I was targeting Hunt in the fishbowl, and I waited waited one turn too long. I forget where it was I was going to do it. And he was hanging out there and hanging out there, and I thought next time around – my plan was next time around, I'm taking Hunt and I'm taking Gronk. And, of course, both of them went about six, five and six picks before me. But those are two guys I got my eye on. Right. All right, Rick. Okay, Rick, I will take questions for Rick. That's right. For 100. Okay, for 100. All right. This quarterback will be the Patrick Mahomes of 2019. Who is sorry? No, <laughs> that's my Alex Trebek impression. <laughs> Who is Andrew Luck? Ooh, okay. I think General Luck is. Uh, I don't think the South is really even up for grabs this year. I no. think he's going to have a phenomenal year, and they're loaded with weapons. Um, and Andrew Luck, he's got that year under his belt, and it was a and it was a good year too. They started off. Really shaky, if you recall, last year. I think they were like what one and five or one and six or something start. like it. Made the playoffs, and it, yeah, look, Andrew Luck and Marlon Mack got healthy, and bang, they got a running game, and he can throw the football. And I'm all in on this cat. I like that one, and I think that's probably the correct answer. But if I wanted to be risky. That's risky business. Uh, we already did that. <laughs> and I'm glad you interrupted me because otherwise I was going to rhyme, which would have sounded really lame. <laughs> if I want to be risky, I really think it could be Mitch Trubisky <laughs> this year. I really do. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I love the weapons I, around him. I love Chicago, man. I liked watching him develop slowly. I worry about meteoric rises. I really do. I worry about Patrick Mahomes this year. Even if it's not about Pat Mahomes with, you know, Tyreek Hill going to be suspended, everybody leaving town. I think he comes back to earth. I think he's still top five fantasy quarterback, but I think he may be closer to the five. And we'll talk about that more as the as the preseason goes on. I'm sure that's offensive to a lot of people for me to say. But you look at a guy who had a nice, steady, slow rise last year, a guy with weapons everywhere you look, and any fantasy sleeper at most any position you talk about involves somebody from the Chicago Bears. I don't know that anybody does what Patrick Mahomes did last year. I don't know with the way they still like to run the football and with the weather and Soldier Field and everything, if you see those type of numbers. But I think that kind of rise, somebody who could make a difference and win fantasy football leagues with a late ADP from a position like the quarterback position, I'm borderline giddy on Mitch Trubisky this year. I'm right there with you. And, look, Pat Mahomes – this is no knock on him, but let's remember what Tom Brady did after the with Randy Moss was still there, right. fifty touchdowns and so forth. You, you can't duplicate that. I mean, even if he goes down to forty, 
I mean, now he's down. That's he, a big regression. That's a it's huge a great re, that's year, a, but a big regression. That's a huge regression. There's no doubt about that. And let's face it. I mean, 50 touchdowns a year ain't happening. No. It didn't happen with Peyton Manning. It didn't happen with Brady. It didn't happen with Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees. None of these guys. Right. So what makes you think it's going to happen with Pat Mahomes because he was young last year? Right. You know, it's just – you take away weapons like Kareem Hunt and Tyreek right. Hill. Yeah, you still got Travis Kelsey there. But now you're talking Sammy Watkins and Mecole Hardman. Look, they're, they're going to succeed because Pat Mahomes is so good. Pat Mahomes is not going to be as good without those weapons around him. It, he right. can't be. He absolutely can't be. You're right. All right, Rick. I will take we are better for 200. We are better for 200. Okay. No matter which quarterback starts on this team, it will still be a significant improvement. Ooh, this is a stumper. No matter which. So I got to think of a team that may have a quarterback controversy. Read the question again. I just talked so much I forgot the question. And I don't really think that this is – I think this actually does have a correct answer. No matter which quarterback starts on this team, it will still be a significant improvement. Oh, boy. No matter who starts on this. So, yeah, there's one answer I'm trying to come up with here. I think I've run out of time. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, sorry. What is a Miami Dolphins? Oh, yeah, that's obvious. All right. Why didn't you just tell me that? I did. Oh, okay. Just now. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I just, it's, you know, you can have, you know, Grizzly Beard Fitzpatrick or... Rosen and it's head and shoulders over over Tannehill and I th- I think Devontae Parker could be yeah wide receiver one certainly not but I think he could be a significant contributor to fantasy roster this year I hope so because after mocking everybody who who talks about how great he is I know every draft I have I've ended up owning well what we Devontae mock Parker. is mini camps he's the next you know yeah. all of a sudden he's Jerry Rice right. again and true, true. And, and it just doesn't work that way okay Rick um, I'm going to take uh, questions for Rick oh, that's a good category for 350 I, I'm glad you picked that category <laughs> that's a good one all right this player with a double-digit ADP will be the best value in 2019. Ooh, boy. Now, I'm not going to hold you to the ADP. Just pick somebody who gets drafted kind of late. Will be the best value. Oh, boy, that's good. Well, let me think about it. Let me think about it. Um, who is... Oh, please. You can do it. Oh. See, I don't like to steer people wrong. Eh. Sorry. <laughs> Here's the answer, Rick. We already talked about it in the Scott Fishbowl preview. It's Dante Moncrief. I believe the hype. I believe the hype. There is a hundred catches. There is double-digit touchdowns. There is absurd amounts of volume of pass attempts available to Juju Smith-Schuster, who now will be drawing that first-team coverage. I don't want to hear about Mr. Washington. This is Dante Moncrief in Pittsburgh, not putting up Antonio Brown numbers, but certainly putting up top-level elite fantasy-wide receiver numbers in 2019. I can't believe you didn't know that. Well, dope. I, I I just you know I I'm 
I, I really just love the technology and this stupid house. Your internet never works. <laughs> it appears to be working. It's that 414-year-old stone tablet you're using <laughs> as a laptop over there. That is the original. I was actually going to, I was really waffling, and I didn't know. Yeah, I, I really do like your answer, but I like Latavius Murray. Boy, you, you, you have guy love for Latavius Murray. I think he just could, I mean, Let's go. It's guy love. it could be one of those situations. Not so much a Latavius Murray talent thing. I mean, it just could be a situation in that offense. Where he could be an upscale, upscale producer, and you got him for next to nothing. Conversely, we would have accepted Mark Ingram, who who fall who's fallen down There's around that that tenth round. You know, kind of a forgotten man going up to Baltimore. It'll be interesting to see when he doesn't have an Alvin Kamara hanging around. What it looks like when it's kind of all on his yeah. shoulders. Got a question for you. This isn't the the Jeopardy thing, but you know, just kind of throwing it out there, and. and you noticed it. I noticed it during the Scott Fishbowl draft and a lot of the chatter around. Karrion Johnson is like, oh my all of a sudden, he's Gail Sayers. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim Brown's love child is, is what he is. Yeah. And I'm, I, look, I like the kid. He's a decent back, but at, at, at where he's going right now, I'm not paying that price. You know, at like, all. He's a guy I was really excited about last year. And, you know, he didn't live up to my hype. I don't think there was much carry on Johnson hype last year, but there, there was a little. And I think you saw flashes of what he could be. Here's my problem. These are – this falls in the category of things I know just because I know. All your advanced stats may tell you something different. All your film study will tell you something different. There are things in football, in fantasy football, from doing this this long that I just know because I know. Carry on Johnson is approximately the 37th Detroit Lions running back. I've heard this about since Barry Sanders <laughs> retired. Make the list. Go ahead and do it. Let's start with a guy who's a third string in Minnesota right now, and Amir Abdullah. I mean, and right. Work your way backwards. That Riddick, who's still hanging around. There's so many guys that pass through here. Just in the Matt Stafford area, this high-powered offense, pass-catching back, fast guy, returns kicks, looks good. He's going to be a top-five fantasy running back. None of them ever are. By the time week nine rolls around, they're, they're, they're down to the practice squad, and we're getting giddy about that guy. Look, I, I love on Johnson. Watching him play, he could be the real deal. But he's in Detroit. It just doesn't happen. It, it just doesn't happen. It's just not the. It's just not in the program, right? In Detroit, that thing's run around Matt Stafford. It's yeah. not run around a running back. Exactly. Barry Sanders is gone, and you know, Kerryon Johnson is not going to be a bell cow back in Detroit. I mean, last year he had what thirty-two receptions for two hundred yards. Right. I mean, it's not that yeah, Riddick's still around. Exactly. Now they say he's on the edge of the roster, but if he doesn't get cut, he's going to be in in pass catching situations. Okay, you're you know, you're the coaching staff of Detroit. You're getting down to you know, down to fifty five, fifty six players and we're gonna have to cut these last couple guys pretty soon. You're all sitting around the table having a drink at night, you know, before the cut deadline. 
And you look at Theo Riddick, he's still relatively healthy. He's been a lion forever. He knows the offense, and he can catch the football. You're not going to cut him. Now, I don't know what his contract situation right, is, right. but based on the criteria you laid out, no. I'm and keep and I can't imagine. I mean, you certainly never heard of any blockbuster deal for Theo Riddick <laughs> no, over the years. No, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know the details of him, but I got a, I got a feeling he's pretty cheap. Okay, pick a category, Rick. All right, we're into overtime, so it'll have to be one more question each. Year oh because man, they, well, I, I had all these nice things laid we'll, out. We'll man. play again next week. Maybe I'll even put some categories together. All right, I guess I'll have to go with too much praise for four hundred and eighteen dollars. <laughs> okay, this tight end is deemed an instant producer moving into a new offense, although there is nothing to back it up. This tight end. Well, you're asking very specific questions. I think you missed the point of the game. I love the point of the game. Instant production. It, it brings up a subject to talk about instead of just broad. I like broad. I know. Moving into a new. Who moved? Who moved? I, the suspension changes this, but I'd say Ben Watson in New England. Or anybody in New England. What do you mean? No. Sorry. That's correct. Sorry. <laughs> Who is Jared Cook? Oh, you hate Jared Cook. No, I do not hate what Jared Cook. I hate the love given to Jared Cook because he had 68 catches, 896 yards, and six touchdowns last year. And that's because there was no one else in Oakland that would catch a football. Period. Well, they did. Even Amari Cooper chose not to do so. Exactly. He bested his best previous output by 14 catches last year, and that was the year before. He's never been a prolific pass catcher, and the only one we've ever seen in New Orleans was who? Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. And he hasn't done it anywhere else. And no one else has done it in New Orleans true, either. I true. do not see how Jared Cook can be thrown in there, even with your Hunter Henrys and your Eric Ebrons and so forth, because of that one year. There's nothing to back that up just because he moved to New Orleans, which is a high-powered offense. Elvin Kamara is getting it. Michael Thomas is getting it. I still think and, Cook will get his. Not to the level, but he'll get his. But what is the level of this? all this hype? I mean, give me – The thing is, after – might be after – see, so we'll go Kelsey. Give me your tight end rankings off the top. Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, okay. After that, I don't think it matters. <laughs> Anyone could emerge after that. It's that thin this year. Jared really Cook's do. not going to be one. You want to have some fun? Can we go backwards a little bit? I know this is network TV Jeopardy, but I, I, oh, yeah. I was looking for this. I didn't want to miss. But it's our network. Right. Go ahead. And my mind went blank. Well, so to Jim my Day, point but... <laughs> about Carry On Johnson and yeah. things I know just because I know. Okay. Just let me read this list. Get your buzzer or your dinger ready, and let me know if you've ever owned this guy on a fantasy team. Give me the ding. If not, give me the buzz. Javon Best, no. So Barry <laughs> Sanders will. He's. Oh we'll wait, 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 him. wait, wait. <laughs> LeGarrette Blunt. Don't even remember him being a lion. No. Javid Best. Well, there you go. You've hyped him up, though. Why? Reggie Bush. <laughs> who, who remembers he was a lion? 
Kerwin Williams, Mikel LaShore, Joyke Bell, Kevin Jones. I remember Joyke Bell, though. He had a lot of hype. Right. All of these guys. There's so many of these guys. I, I won't go on any longer because you're not playing along. You were supposed to hit the ding on all of them. Well, you said ding them if you had them. I never had them. Yeah, but you hyped them up. Oh, sorry. You never play along. Thank you. All right. Last one. Rick, you can pick the category. You can pick the dollar amount. What's that at the end? I like that. That's me going. I will have questions for Rick Briggs for $1,022.86. Going all in. I like it. This free agent superstar will have the biggest drop in production with his new team in 2019. Geez, that could have been Jared Cook. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah, every answer is Jared Cook. Just change it to Jared Cook Jeopardy because Rick Briggs hates Jared Cook. Um. Hey, it very. You could make a case for who is Antonio Brown. I think it's the right answer. I'm glad you gave that. I wanted to discuss Antonio Brown. We kind of hit on it earlier. I think you're getting stupid value for him. I guess the question is, does he get to 100 receptions? Look, if he gets 90, that's still a darn good year. But all he does is catch 100 balls. Can Derek and David usually 120 or, or 30. Can Derek David or any of the Carr brothers be good enough for Antonio Brown to even be in the same tier as the On former On that team, Antonio I don't Brown? know if you even had both of them out there at the same time if he could catch <laughs> that many. That's what you wonder about, right? Yeah. I'm, so we who, keep talking about Antonio is, who Brown. who else is going to catch it on that football team except for Jalen Richard? Uh, there just doesn't seem to be anybody that can – I mean, Amari Cooper was going to be – they got rid of Crabtree, who actually right. was the best producer at that time. And, I mean, look, Antonio's got to get his, right? this team as constructed i can't wait absolutely can't wait for hard knocks to come out you know it gets a little formulaic it gets boring to what not this year buddy that is appointment television i'll tell you what but i just want because here's what i'm wondering and, and i'll be honest this isn't even one of the questions that the producers gave me this is one i made up on the spot which may be outside of the rules but I got to thinking when we were having our Scott Fishbowl conversation, and we both said how absurd the value is for Antonio Brown in the third round. And as I'm sitting here knocking it around in my pea brain, I get on there on Twitter and I see a video of him jumping over school buses and racking <laughs> 7,000 pounds and running 48 miles an hour. And I think, oh, he's going to be better. Yeah, I'm going to get him in the third round, and he's going to be better. Yeah. And then I sit down again, and I think, well, but yeah. I don't Yeah, he don't may know. be better, but Derek Carr is not right. better. And I start all and that again. So if it wasn't for all these hype yeah, videos. What was that thing he was on? I saw something on Twitter. He's, like, dancing around on, like, some kind of a squishy ball thing. He's working was, on his core. What, no, listen, with some sort of glasses on where he couldn't see or something, and he's still catching the football. See, if, I mean, <laughs> had I seen that, yeah. I'd have taken him in the first overall pick of the fishbowl. <laughs> this is this is the problem, right? That it's yeah. But I think intellectually, I think he takes a big dip. I re, I, I really do.
until I see the next video of him with his shirt off doing something crazy like that, yeah. and then I'm all back in. Yeah, exactly. I'm stupid. Can we go home? Nope, I got a story oh, for all you. All right. <laughs> Make got it a, quick. I'm exhausted. Got a story out of Guthrie, Oklahoma. My second home. Yeah. My, where, I, where I choose to summer. Yeah. Well, there's a traffic stop. It happened on June 26th in Guthrie, about 30 miles north of Oklahoma City. Guthrie Guthrie, Police Sergeant Anthony Gibbs, wonder if he's related to the Bee Gees, you know. Probably. Yeah, I'm sure. uh, Told Oklahoma City TV station that police don't know why this was in the vehicle or how it was obtained. They found in this car an open bottle of Kentucky Deluxe Whiskey. I can understand that. A rattlesnake. That I don't get. And a canister of radioactive uranium. <laughs> Where did this guy get uranium? Apparently, you can buy no powdered uranium on Amazon. <laughs> what? Yes. Um, they also found a gun. You can't buy beer on the internet, but you can buy uranium. <laughs> Apparently, Seriously? he was charged with ve- he was charged with possession of a stolen vehicle. So, well, obviously, you know, transporting an open container of liquor and driving with a suspended license. He wasn't charged with a rattlesnake or the uranium because apparently neither one of those is illegal. <laughs> so, do you think they tie together? <laughs> I mean, the whiskey is what led to the decision-making process, I'm certain. So we can put that off on its own. But do the rattlesnake and uranium have anything to do together? I don't know. I'm I mean, guessing... what if, you know, I mean, it's not like you pull into the driveway and open the door and say, hop out, spot. I mean, what if the rattlesnake doesn't want to get out? Well, then he's not getting out. The rattlesnake does what the rattlesnake wants to do. Right. Unless you can throw some uranium on him and kill him, but then what what's does, the point of having I'm assuming snake? this guy's not a scientist, right? Can we safely assume Oh, that? no, this guy. I did see a picture of him on in the story. Yeah. No, So no. he's not at the <laughs> University of Oklahoma conducting experiments no, or anything, he, right? He might be in an Oklahoma City uh, trailer park. Okay, so that's know, what yeah. I... That's what I'm envisioning, so good. So what possible use could he have for uranium? I think, I know it's a free country, I think he should have to explain that. I, yeah, I mean, unless he's planning, number one, of uh, trying to learn how to enrich uranium. Right. Or maybe he thought it'd be nice to plant it in an enemy's house or something <laughs> and have the radioact- radioactivity kill him. I'd have no well, he's idea. clearly up to no good, right? Well, I did... So you're telling me I can buy, I have no use for it, but I could go on Amazon right now. I think Prime Day's over, so I can't do it. I can't afford it anymore. And just, oh, excuse me, buy a canister of uranium? I don't know how easy it is, but um, I can't imagine it's cheap either. I think, no, I think like so many things, you should have to pass an IQ test of some sort to, to be <laughs> able to buy it. Think so I'm guessing this guy has no business having uranium. Anybody no. who's traveling, well, okay, if you're driving, you're driving around in a stolen car, true, with a rattlesnake and a gun. How do we know the snake and the uranium wasn't there when he stole the car? He might be innocent of this. I'm sure there's records on Amazon who bought the stuff. True. Yeah, I'm just just saying. Unless it was stolen, too. So, I mean, I don't know. But to your point, is he up to good deeds driving around in a stolen vehicle with a gun, with a rattlesnake, with uranium, and with an open bottle of whiskey? Probably not. I mean, he's (laughs) not not on his way to church. We know that. But I just wonder, perhaps the uranium 
and the snake were in there when he stole the car. Because, you know, the police will just throw charges. You know, I was actually swearing at the television. I apologize. I'm blanking on his name, that that poor kid from the Dolphins who got in that yeah. car accident and lost his arm. Did you see they reported a couple days later the police cited him with an improper lane change? Are yeah. you freaking kidding me with yeah. this? Yeah, maybe he I was involved. I think the guy's just Let's go ahead ripped. and let that one slide. I think he's paid his debt for that mistake. So yeah. this could be a similar thing. That, it's something that irritates me when they do that. I get hit by a car and you charge me for jaywalking. All right, I learned my lesson. I got hit by a freaking truck. I'm paralyzed. Let's, okay. let's call it even right. a-hole. You know, stuff drives me insane. Oh, I agree 100%. But I don't know. I mean, you think about it. Look, if you're going to steal a car, I am not picking one with a rattlesnake in it. Well, that's How about true, you? Too. That's true. That's better than an alarm system. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared of a garter snake. I ain't messing with no rattlesnake. No. All right, we're going home. All right. I'm exhausted. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. You can follow everything we do at Asylum Football. Be part of the show, asylumfootball at gmail.com. Find all our archive show, asylumfantasysports.com. I don't know why I can never spit that out. And, of course, check out everything over at Full Time Fantasy, the Fantasy Football World Championships coming up. Check it all out, fulltimefantasy.com, at fulltimefantasy on the tweeters. Until next time, same time, same channel. We'll see you. Take care.